Scandinavian Mind podcast. I'm Conrad Olsson, founder and editor-in-chief of Scandinavian Mind, and I'm here with our own fashion director, Ursula von Gander. How are you, Ursula? I'm fine, thank you. Ursula, we are finally doing this uh, conversation. I've been wanting to do it for a long time, and um, we've been doing so much extraordinary work together, both on Scandinavian Mind and on Scandinavian Man, which you, which you uh, were a part of as well. But uh, I always felt that your uh, career has been so interesting. It's it's been uh, quite long, if if you can say that, uh, at, yeah. as a fashion stylist working in this industry. Um, you also had kind of like a second career the last few years as an international uh, photo model um, or model, and um, and a mannequin. And a mannequin, exactly. You are. Are you still a mannequin in the store in 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 the Balenciaga store? I think so. I don't know, but I think so. Uh, uh, a one-to-one scale of Ursula von Gander in 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 Milan. Yeah. But let's start with um, with the exhibition that we just put up at uh, Blick by Nobis in in Vasastan in Stockholm. So, this is a series of photographs that was uh, first published in our first issue of Scandinavian Mind. Uh, and then uh, we decided to make it into an exhibition. So just tell me uh, about the background of, of this series of, of photographs. Yeah, it, it started like we when we talked before uh, we even started to uh, talk about the, the first issue of uh, the Scandinavian mind. Uh, you asked me to do a 20 pages fashion story. Mm. And uh, at this time we are in it didn't felt really inspiring I just felt like oh I don't really feel to get any feeling to do this so um, it just felt very like a weight a very heavy weight to do that and uh, then I got this idea uh, to if I contact like 10 different uh, creative people Mm. Uh, stylists, photographers, makeup artists, uh, hairstylists, and just give them one spread uh, to do whatever they want on the theme transformation. That would solve my problem because I felt that would be much easier. Then I didn't have to do <laughs> the whole job myself. I, I was, I was, I remember you, you, you told me this, and I was like, mm. that sounds so difficult. That that sounds much, much more like much more work than yeah. to actually do uh, the story yourself. Yeah, I thought it would be so much easier. <laughs> then you know, you have the people in Denmark. Then you get some like maybe Danish fashion brands in the story. Uh, I, you know, I thought it would be so much easier, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was so much job just I'm, I'm, contacting them and having them. I think working as an editor, I, I had some idea of, of the, the sort of logistics and, and the, mm. the just amount of communication yeah. that, that needs to go into, um, you know, just briefing 10 different teams. I exactly. think we, we ended up with 11. Yeah. Uh, but I'm yeah, glad I that didn't... That was Eric's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that glad wasn't... I didn't warn you mm. yeah. uh, because I think the, the result was extraordinary. Yeah. Um, it was so much fun. So let's talk about this theme transformation. That was the theme we had for for the issue. Yeah. Um, so what were some of the thoughts that you had when you heard this theme and how did you instruct the teams if at all, if you did any instructions at all? It was very few instructions, actually. We, we had an introduction that, we, that you had put together mm-hmm. about the first issue. 
they actually just got the information or the instruction that as long as they were trying to follow the theme transformation and to, uh, uh, they didn't have to, I mean, have Scandinavian fashion, but I, if you use clothes, it would be nice if you use Scandinavian brands. You can mix it up with international brands, of course. Uh, but the importance is that they have a good, like, um, like a conceptual idea. Yeah, yeah. of of transformation, and um, some asked if they wanted, uh, if I wanted to see some mood boards or like ideas before and be involved in the involved in the casting, but I said uh, I rather be surprised <laughs> which maybe is it's stupid but I, I like surprises and I was actually I know these people some were more experienced and some are rookies but I was sure they would do something good I've seen them doing very great stuff before and it was also interesting because I, it wasn't only stylists and photographers. Mm. I also reached out to very talented makeup artists that I really like what she's doing when she's doing more like arty stuff. Uh, so I gave the theme to her. And everyone I reached out to, it was uh, both stylists, photographers and hair and makeup. Uh, and they, had to, uh, they could put together their own teams uh, as they preferred. So, yeah, that was much about it. Do you, do you remember uh, when you started getting the photos in? Yeah. What, what was that like? Because uh, I only saw the, 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 the yeah, final piece, but you got it sort of drip, drip. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was drip, drip. And I, I was actually when I got the job from uh, Maria Peplanova, right. the photographer, I was, you know, just laughing out loud. It was so, so funny, the story, the, the take on transformation, because she had done this story of a woman from 29 years old to 73 years old. Mm. And she is looking exactly the same with the help of, of uh, like plastic surgery was the inspiration. And they had the inspiration from Sheer, who hasn't getting any older <laughs> since <laughs> her 20s. Um, no, that was a very f funny story. So I was so, you know, you don't know how they would take the theme. Transformation can be so many things. Uh, and it was so much fun to see how they have been thinking. And also Karin Smeds, who had done this uh, story with the uh, photographer, filmmaker Annika Aschberg, mm. as they are so talented, both of them. And... Um, Smith is a, is a stylist. Yes, yeah. and she'd been working with us before. But it was so fun to see how they have taken this avatar and the, the filter that people use, like lots of people using these filters in the mobile phones. Right. They can transform themselves to pigs or to uh, elves or uh, an avatar. So <laughs> that was fantastic. Did you did you speak to them when you got the photos? Did you did you get? I I I suspect you get more backstory than than I've heard. Did they talk to you about how they did it and were they excited about that? No, we were emailing all the time, so Email. we didn't actually speaking to each other. But we were mailing, and I, I was just sending them a lot of emojis. <laughs> mm. No, but no, we didn't. Um, 
uh, I haven't talked with them afterwards, but I saw all because everybody had to to also like write a little story about how they were thinking uh, when they did the job. Yeah, that's actually the in the issue. There's mm. a short short interview with every yeah. team about. Yeah, and also the story with uh, Ville Varumo, the Finnish guy. He have uh, been sitting in a cottage somewhere in Finland uh, with his best friend, John, I think his name was, and just wait for him to fall asleep. Mm. And just in that moment when he fell asleep, he got the picture. Mm. I think it's a beautiful story. It's a very beautiful picture. Yeah, it's, it feels like sort of quintessentially Finnish. I mean, you know how it is. You have kids. Yeah. It's the most magical part when they fall asleep. There's some transformation yeah. going on there. Yeah, no, that's true. I haven't thought about it that way. It's very beautiful to look at your kids when they're sleeping. That's true. Yeah. And then you took, uh, you did a photo yourself with, with Elisabeth Toll, photographer. Yes. And, and, uh, I didn't want to tell you what we were going to do because I thought then we wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, to me, that's the uh, absolutely one of my favorites in in this story. The the photograph you did—it's almost like a one of these grand old paintings yeah. from Italy or something. And exactly. the way you constructed it—it's like it. a Caravaggio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. We, and uh, Niklas Hansen is a super talented set designer yeah. that you worked with uh, to create. And, and I don't know how mm. many models you have. It's like a fourteen. Fifteen, I think. Fifteen people in the picture. Mm. Uh, and mo- many of them are my friends. So yeah. Mm. Uh, and just to describe the picture for the people who listen to this in audio form, you can see it on our website and everything. But but there's this old woman laying in, in uh, in is it the casket or or supposed to look like mm-hmm. a casket? It is. It is a real casket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's this group of, of people, mostly men, around her. Only men? I can't no, remember. no, no. It's women it's and women. men and and a kid. And a little uh, a little boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. You can't really tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, looking at this woman who who you know uh, passed over and kind of like the the ultimate transformation as you've described it yeah but this must have taken so long to to construct this picture no really no it didn't it seems to be like long. like should have taken like two days to do the not not even one day I mean we were finishing quite early uh, no but. Uh, both Nick, of course, it took. Uh, I mean, Niklas, who have put everything together, it took him probably at least one day to prepare everything, mm. all the stuff, just to 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 uh, uh, get them in. But you know, it was kind of easy the way we we did it. And uh, Elizabeth, I mean, she's amazing to work with, and the lightning were amazing. You could see right away. I mean, it's hardly no retouch. On the mm. picture, it's just lightning. It looked beautiful uh, right away, and also um, it was so nice with all the people. I've been uh, working with this old woman before, so I know that she was. Uh, I w- you know, it's it kind of difficult to ask someone that's over. She's like ninety years or something, almost, mm. and ask her to play death. I mean, she's already close to yeah, the end yeah. uh, but she was up for it she was alright yeah and uh, also in this era of, of sort of COVID exa- and Corona to ask someone to come to a, 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 a you know yeah. a set with, with these many people as well yeah but that we actually did shoot her before 
Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So that's the only thing we have like done that we we put two pictures together with her first because uh, we didn't want her to um, to have like fourteen people standing now hanging her. over her. Uh, so how did she uh, take this? How how did she interpret this? Do you think she she just thought she, she actually said, "I can't tell my children." <laughs> <laughs> I wait until the pictures comes out and I will show them. Oh, but she didn't want to tell them that she's going to play death. Mm. Um, but she loved the clothes that was from... Uh, she's very into fashion, this woman, mm. as y- you could see her yes. when she came. Uh, and I dressed her up in an acne outfit. And uh, you know, she was like, wow, this looks nice. No. <laughs> but no. I don't know. She, she thought it was okay, and she she really wanted also it to be a beautiful picture. She mm. totally could understand our thought about this transformation uh, thing. That is only it's not only the person who's dying that transformate themselves to into transform. Yeah. Transform. Mm. You know the people who are uh, around this person that dies also transforms in a way mm. um, so it's there's many layers there of transformation and also as you said uh, this child that looks like a girl or a boy you can't really tell that was also uh, a thing mm. because we had an idea I mean now we ended up doing this idea but we had another idea before because this actually is a boy. His name is Dylan. He is in this age. Uh, you can't really... He's 11, but you can't really tell if he's a boy or a girl. He's mm. extremely beautiful and just looks like um, a saint. <laughs> I don't know, but he, he has an amazing face. So we was actually were thinking also that maybe we should do a story on him, different portraits. Just sh- Because you don't have to change him. Mm. Uh, just changing the clothing because the clothes can also transform a person. Um, You can be almost whoever you want with clothes. That's interesting with styling. Yeah, but but I think what was interesting with this picture, to me, kind of sort of summarizes who you are as as a stylist as well because I don't see you as this sort of... You're not about trends and you're not about fashion and and what's in the season, out the season. You're you're very much about sort of storytelling and finding a narrative and... you, you, and, and for the, for the work that we've done, you you both do sort of uh, fashion editorials and portraits, and and you, I think you're equally strong in both. And it's almost like you you do uh, fashion editorials with a sort of a sense of, of portraiture. Uh, yeah. And this was sort of the ultimate manifestation of that because you did the casting, mm-hmm. so you gather all these people. Uh, some. I know that you know well. These are friends of yours. Yeah. I, I, I think Two ex-boyfriends. A couple, <laughs> a couple of ex-boyfriends. And, I mean, it's it's such a beautiful collaborative effort with, with Elizabeth's uh, photography and Nicholas's set design. But what you've really done is you've, it's almost like you painted a picture with these people and you put them together. So what was your th- thought when you when you costed these people? And did you have this, this sort of Com- uh, composition in mind or was it more like I'll just grab people around me and see what happens 
no, I have to give the uh, for the first. It's uh, Elizabeth's idea with the death. Mm. So I really want to give her the credit for that, uh, and that she actually said on our first when I first called her she said oh I think death is the, is the perfect trans- transformation I was like death <laughs> she's like she's so funny when she speaks you know how yeah, she's yeah, like yeah. Mm. Uh, and for, for me it was oh no that's too strong it's too much uh, this the, you know during this time when peop- so many people are dying mm. um, so and and Elizabeth are extremely good at you know, the compositions and mm. everything. Mm. Uh, but the people just, I mean, for me, it's, it's just comes, it sounds like it's spontaneously, but I probably have. For, uh, I'm looking always for something. It's not just like good looking people or extreme looking people. It's just, I just know it, you know. Uh, <laughs> I wanted some younger and some older and... There were some people I really would like to. Uh, I loved to have in the picture, but they wasn't able to to join. But there's also some friends, mm. so I don't know. I just called my friends. I think what's uh, interesting. I mean, okay, so and the models are also actually models that have been have a personal uh, connection to. I've right. been working with them or together with them. Yeah, and uh, and some of them have has been in, in the uh, pages of, of Scandinavian Man, our, our previous magazine. Yes. So. You know, so obviously this this series of photos you can view them uh, online in our first issue and now at this exhibition. Um, but I thought it was uh, interesting to see this unfold, and we've been having some conversations about this. But I thought we could use this sort of podcast to talk a little bit about the direction we're going because I th- what I what I found so interesting was, you know, we've been working in this sort of traditional kind of fashion magazine uh, system or concept mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you have these editorials, you commission the uh, team, fashion teams to produce them, you have the models, you have uh, a sort of a, 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 a scope of fashion brands. And uh, in, in, in the case of Scandinavian Man, we, we wanted to cover Scandinavian fashion. Uh, but... With with this concept that we did, we sort of broke that up completely. Yeah. And with the magazine that we're doing now, we don't have the traditional model uh, as a foundation. So it it allows us to do something different, meaning we don't have fashion advertisers. So the traditional fashion model that, you know, if you look at Vogue or GQ or, or all these big ones, they have... Uh, they have fashion advertisers and they expect sort of to be visible in these editorials and then there's like this merry-go-round of of, of uh, conceptual yeah. and commercial that, that's mm. intertwined, which is, I think, you know, great and fascinating in its own right, but, but it's, it's a model that's really sort of disappearing, right? Yeah. Where do, you, where do you see this and how do you see your own role in this going forward? So what, what excites you uh, when, when, when it comes to this? Where we are going is very exciting, <laughs> I think, because I don't believe in the, this, the old way. I mean, it's been, we, we're trying, we have been trying mm. for many years now with a Scandinavian man. And it's really, I mean, it doesn't really work because we couldn't get uh, those... Um, fashion brands to 
help us. So uh, even when we did Scandinavian Man, I mm. was always saying, um, I think the picture of the importance, not to show exactly how the outfit looks or yeah. anything like that. Uh, it's the fashion isn't so interesting. I mean, I, I love clothes and what what, what it what you can do with clothes and um, what you can create. Uh, but the whole picture is uh, the most interesting. And now I think we have the freedom to move forward and show people nice like stories that doesn't have to be mm. like a fashion story. It could be, um, I don't know. Um, so th- let's... Let's go back a bit and, and talk mm-hmm. about how how it all started for for you. Yeah. Uh, you, Where do we start? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Mm. When did you know you wanted to be a stylist? Or I, ne- I never know. <laughs> actually, uh, I it was actually just happened. Uh, I, I was just uh, a sh- short story. Was um, I had been working as a model. Uh, f- this was in the late 80s, mm. like 86, 87, something, 88. Uh, I was working as a model and uh, I wasn't too comfortable in, in that business. I thought it was kind of, uh, people had so many issues. Uh, they wanted you to be this and that. And I didn't know really what people expected from me. Uh, and they want to always, you know, they want you to lose weight. And I was like, fuck you. I think I'm fine. <laughs> uh, th- that business wasn't for me then. No. So, so uh, and then I'm, I met this guy and I got f- felt so much in love. And I thought I'm the man in my life. And I was only 21. But um, so I wanted to quit. So I was looking for a job. And a f- one of my best friends, uh, she said, oh, I... I mean, I heard they needed some assist, fashion assistant at uh, the L magazine in Sweden. That was kind of news. Uh, and you've always been so good at clothes. And I was like, okay. So I went there and I got the job. And uh, that's how I ended up here, actually. So I started as an assistant at L. For one year I was there and then I went to another magazine called Click. Uh, that was, at that time it was maybe more like uh, a magazine that had the real good photographers mm. they did like re- really nice stuff and there was very creative people working there you know m- many of those people are great um, artists now like uh, f- just to mention Stefania Malmström and uh, Maria Bensad they were like we are in the same age but we were just kids on right, this. Yeah. Right. No, this is uh, this is really the origin of Swedish fashion media. Yeah. Uh, in a way, it yeah. all started there. Yeah. And at the same time, they started this um, magazine for men uh, that were supposed to be, I think, the first uh, Swedish magazine for men, like sh- in that type of because it was a fashion magazine little bit like GQ kind of yeah, Vanity yeah. Fair. I've heard, I've heard so. people talk about that there was another magazine for men 
prior that lived was very short lived. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to get my hands on it, even though I okay. I've been collecting quite mm-hmm. a few of these yeah. old Swedish magazines. But for sure, I mean, mm-hmm. Cafe was mm-hmm. they were going to mm-hmm. do like a mm-hmm. Swedish GQ. Mm-hmm. That was the mm-hmm. idea. And it was a friend of mine who did uh, art direction for that. His name is Joel Berg. Uh, so I know him since I was fifteen. So I was hanging in in their room all the time. And then Joel went on to become a really heavyweight international. Yeah, he went to New York just uh, shortly after, but then uh, Christina Britton yeah. took over and Klaus Britton. Uh, but I did my first uh, f- fashion shoot, or it's maybe it's I did my first styling mm. uh, f- for a fashion shoot on on Cafe, and I just got to like put together. The clothes, and then we're gonna send them over to uh, LA. And I mean, I didn't know anything about like that kind of men's fashion. I was uh, didn't know so many brands and stuff like that. But I, I put this together, and they sent it over to LA. And this was um, a story that they shot with uh, Michel Comte on Herodine Stanton. So uh, I think <laughs> my, my, first f- my my first uh, ever own like style fashion job or whatever is is still uh, epic <laughs> but, and did you know it was Hardin Stanton when you picked the clothes or was it more like no no I just know there yeah, yeah they probably told me but I didn't know at the time no you didn't know who that was or no. how big that would no. be no okay. no wow and you mentioned someone had told you that you're you're always good with clothes yeah was that and you seemed almost surprised when you when you mentioned that uh, or or it, it sounded yeah. like you were surprised yourself D- didn't you know no. you had good style or yes you know? i always had good style <laughs> <laughs> no but i was into clothes uh, i remember even when i was a kid it was uh, a big thing for me to mm. do it my way i never followed any of those like following trends that everybody was doing. I didn't want to look like everybody else. I started when I was in like super. I remember when I went to kindergarten, uh, I I wanted to, because I had this um, nightgown that I thought was the most beautiful. And uh, I wanted to go, I want to wear that, but my mother wouldn't allow me. So I sneaked it with me. So I changed at the kindergarten uh, to put it on because I wanted to have that. And it was always a war going on, mm. uh, how I want to have my clothes. And um, I used to use my mother's clothes as well, uh, in like in first grade of school, uh, second grade. I remember the teachers always say, oh, you have nice clothes, Ursula. I had her like knitted uh, sweaters and stuff that went down to my knees. And I, you know, I had my own style. Mm. And then I started when... I think it was in uh, seventh grade or something. I started being interested in, in uh, secondhand clothes, but because I was, uh, it was very cheap, right. <laughs> and you can buy a lot. I found this store where things just cost like one crowns, three crowns. Uh, the Röda Korset, Red Cross, yeah. and Sverigehjälpen, the Swedish help is called. Mm. So it was super cheap. Like thrift mm. stores. Yeah, thrift stores. They weren't called vintage stores back no, then. No, 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 no. You didn't have that. No, that's vintage stores, like new. Yeah. <laughs> new word. So, um. and I find it so fascinating because to me, you've always been more about 
style than fashion and yeah. sort of a sense of aesthetics that mm-hmm. you have a, a certain eye towards what looks good and what looks good together uh, and, and, and all that. Yeah. It, it, during your career, has that ever been a problem for you that you weren't as into fashion? Because it, it seems to me, I mean, because I, I, I think I'm kind of the same. I, I'm interested in this in, the ter- in terms of, uh, to the extent I'm interested in style. I think the world of fashion is kind of fascinating to look at or be in. But I'm, I'm. That's not what gets me going. I, no. I, I, you know, and I, I have friends, and we know people who are, you know, really into sort of fashion and what's happening and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I, I really respect anyone who who has the sort of uh, patience or yeah. to, to be into that because I get sort of stressed out about it. But absolutely, I totally agree. No, I, I totally respect for those who, who, yeah, who can can do that or. Are interested in it. Mm. I'm not never been interesting. But how's that been uh, for you? Because you've the the for the majority of your career, you've been this fashion yeah. stylist. Yeah, but uh, actually, it's I I feel that the change has come, kind of recently, uh, and it's had come, I wouldn't say because of, but uh, since uh, like influencers mm. taking over, it's been more like everything looks the same. Uh, you know, and the the brands are like want to look the same as other brands. It's like everybody wants the same. Before people talk talk about heritage, right? <laughs> heritage is like that was like now everything is just about uh, we want to look like that influencer's way of like mm. put things together, and everybody's following. I think everything would be really rude to say, but I think everything looks the same. Uh, I've seen the change, and uh, I also can feel the change because mm. I don't have, I don't work that much anymore because everybody has their in-house stylist, mm. and uh, I've been working with so many different brands, and they probably wanted to have that sense of feeling that I n- know I have. Mm. Um, I always want, if if I style someone, I want them to feel, it's gonna feel like. It's them. It's true. It's. I mean, it, I. I think it looks so ridiculous when you can see that someone is like l- lost in their clothes. When you can see they look like uh, made up. Mm. I mean, I want it to. Even if it's not true, I want it looks like, and get the person to feel like comfortable and um, um, true to some kind of uh, story that you make up. I think just the fact that you say person and not model says a lot. Uh. (laughs) No, but I always think if I, for example, if I work with a brand, I've been working with a a brand that's doing um, uh, like just normal, casual, like chino shirt, uh, sweater style, preppy style, a lot. I've been working a couple of those brands, but I always try to think of who is this person? Mm. Uh, where do he or she live? Uh, what kind of car do they drive? What kind of house do they stay in? And what kind of dog? Or uh, what do th- what kind of shoes does she wear? What kind mm. of book does she read? Just to get create who is she? Because otherwise, I don't know. It, um, I need something, right. in, in a little story. 
so I know who I dress up. But that's like that's a level of of storytelling that I think fashion has been, you know, been good at. Uh, if if you look at these past sort of three decades or four mm. decades, uh, you know, it's it's really been the height of of fashion photography. And you know, the 19th, the supermodel came and. And I, I, I think of sort of this era of, of Anna Wintour at Vogue, and she's still there, but you know, obviously she, she won't be there uh, forever. Uh, to me, that's 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 like a uh, a very uh, defined era that won't come back. Mm-hmm. But I think what it what it sort of contained was this sort of because fashion grew so much that it almost became like cinematic. It almost became like its own sort of pop culture phenomenon. And I think that is being lost in a way because you're not doing these sort of big budget shoots. You don't have like Mario Tostino flown halfway across the world with these no. enormous teams mm-hmm. and, and with these sort of celebrities or celebrity models that that you could um, sort of interpret in these sort of in enormous uh, stories. You don't or, do that Or anymore. you see like Peter Lindbergh when right. he shot those amazing uh, shoots that he, he did in New York when they're like, you know, taking a whole street. and Yeah, with the Brooklyn Bridge in the in the background. I don't... I was thinking about... Yeah, but he, he made so many of those yeah. stories that were out in the, the desert. or, But there are great teams. It's not only the... I mean... Most of the time, it's just the photographer who gets the credits. Mm. Many times, it's, it's a fashion editor or um, stylist who has this idea, like Grace Coddington. Right. Uh, she has this idea, and it's, I mean, every person in her team is important. Mm. Uh, and Which she, she's very humble and say that everyone is handpicked to be just to get her picture she have to have the right people and everybody works together uh to get there from like model photographer you know everyone is important mm. in in a in a shoot it's not just one star i think that's one of the points we made with this exhibition as well is that mm. we we it, it's, it's not only the photo- f- photographers as we we've sort of credited the whole yeah. team for every uh, photograph and and I know you've picked. I think Maria Peplanova did. She actually shot two uh, of, mm-hmm. of of the ones. She was sort of the the author of, of one and mm. and she helped the um, the other <laughs> the makeup artist. The makeup artist mm. uh, who, who whose name escapes me. Uh, Anne. 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 Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. She's Danish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I say Stansage. Yeah. I don't know how do you say on, on in Danish. Yeah, we'll, you will ask her. Yeah, but I think uh, um, I think there's an opportunity here for these sort of creatives to do excellent work somewhere else because obviously this sort of fashion editorial world it's just been a slaughter these these uh, past few years. The magazines are they don't exist to the extent that they did. No. I think they recently. Uh, sort of elevated uh, th- so that there's going to be one like editor-in-chief for, <coughs> for the votes for each region or for the world. I mean, there, it's everything sort of gets consolidated and uh, the the industry as it looked, you know, in London or in Paris and Milan, it, it really isn't what it used to be in terms of, just in terms of the people working in it and the, the, the amount of magazines there that were published and so forth. 
Um, so I'm really curious to see if, if you know, people uh, coming out today that are interested in, in storytelling and fashion, and so will they go to different arenas? Will they go into the movies or like tev- television shows? Can Netflix play a role here? Or will they go into gaming and, and stuff like that? I'm, I'm, I'm super <laughs> excited about yes. so where, where, where that's going to go. I have no idea. Uh, maybe there's an opportunity <laughs> for you. <laughs> gaming. Uh, My son is very good at gaming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that that's very interesting. The latest uh, Balenciaga uh, show or campaign with the game, gaming. Yeah, they did. They did a game. But so yeah. speaking about Balenciaga, uh, you've had sort of like a second career or or a comeback career yeah. as a model these past few uh, years. Yes. Um, which I know wasn't really planned, uh, right? Did no, you? I have no idea. <laughs> so, and you did uh, three seasons of, of Balenciaga campaigns. Mm. Uh, as a model, uh, last year, uh, you were uh, uh, named Model of the Year by Elle magazine here yes. in, in Stockholm. Um, how, what happened? How did this come about? Um, it's, it started that I was... Uh, contacted by Nish, uh, this model agency mm. in Stockholm that I work uh, very closely with because they have great models. Uh, and they just called me, uh, or actually I got an SMS. Hi, Balenciaga want to book you on their next uh, fashion show in, in Paris this autumn. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't really believe it, but I was thinking, okay, that was mm, fun. But I didn't, couldn't take it in because I, I don't want to make t- too big expectations mm. of things because if it doesn't happen, you would be uh, disappointed or sad or anything. So I was like, all right. Were you part of Niche at that time? Uh, no. So you were, yeah, okay. It was actually a casting um, director called uh, Dora Diamant mm. uh, that was in Stockholm. And she was at Nish and asked them to look at their new models and uh, also t- she said, oh, I would like to f- find some older woman, some cool old woman. Do you know anyone? And then they just, I don't know how they c- come up with me, but they just, oh, maybe you should look at Ursula. So I guess they showed a picture of me, maybe from my Instagram account or something. I don't know. Uh, and she said, oh, she's perfect. And she sent the picture down to... Um, uh, Demna in Paris, and uh, he said, "Yeah, she's great." So Demna, obviously the 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 chief designer or creative director. I don't know what what this yeah. role is, but he's desi- designer <coughs> for Balenciaga. Yes, uh, and yeah, he's very central in mm. and very uh, as I've been working with them, I, I got I got the show uh, the show, and you know I I don't know it's. Until you stay there and are going out on the catwalk, you don't know if you still are in the job. I mean, they can, they pull, can pull, pull you out. Just that moment? Yes. If, if something's wrong with yeah, the outfit? Yeah, if they or? just just feel like, oh, yeah, that outfit shouldn't out. Mm. Uh, so you, you never know <laughs> if you're really um, going to be, you know, in the lineup or not. But I was doing it and uh, then after the show we did some shootings with a a quite cool photographer his name is Oliver Hadley Peach 
And then I got a message that, uh, I mean, the, the show was at 11 o'clock. And uh, right after the show, I got the message that um, you booked for Purple Magazine tonight at 10 o'clock tonight. And it's Jürgen Teller. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to shoot with Jürgen Teller. I mean, how... <laughs> First, I did this show that was amazing. I was so high on, like, adrenaline and, and endorphins. And so, and then I said, I, I'm going to shoot tonight in the evening with, with Jürgen Teller. I mean, w w I didn't know how to, it was a bit too much, <laughs> but it was fun. Uh, but you enjoyed so, it. You thought it was fun. Super was, fun. Yeah. I love doing shows. Yeah. I always, I always enjoyed it that's a thing i always enjoyed and even as a stylist enjoy doing shows or yeah i love doing shows mm. it's really fun and uh, but also have been walking shows uh, before mm. because i had some friends that asked if can if i can walk their show and so i've done it actually a couple mm. of times before um i got kind of um uh, good to walk in high heels as well so <laughs> Uh, Has this experience working with with Balenciaga uh, ch changed your view or perception of the fashion industry or the system in any way? Was has there been things that have surprised you or in any way changed? Um, not re. Uh, um, I don't. I wouldn't say surprise, but I'm um, amazed of working with uh, Balenciaga that. It's as I say. It's so um, everything ends up with Demnam. I mean, he's uh, as I have done the shows. Uh, it was he and his partner in design, design partner, not mm. his life partner, Martina, who's doing the casting. I mean, there's casting directors, but they are like saying yes or no to the casting, mm. and they doing the styling, and they do like. Everything is comes from him, and and also all the people I've been working with there are so nice and uh, humble and super uh, caring. And I, I was I didn't expect that. I was expecting to come down to Paris and everybody should be very rude. Mm. Uh, so I was like, okay. Be prepared <laughs> to to meet you know <laughs> evil people <laughs> in the business, uh, but everyone was such a sweetheart. And uh, even even though I don't like chit chat with with Demna, he's always very nice and it's like, "Hi, how are you?" Uh, you know. But I have a sense that they are. I mean, the way that they approach fashion is a very new take on it, and mm -hmm. just the, the fact that they're always sort of innovating, finding new ways to market and expose and tell stories around the collections. Mm -hmm. uh, we mentioned just the other week they they published this video game, which in which they had this sort of Swedish car company Polestar did this sort of conceptual cars, and they they pull in all these collaborations. Yeah. And I, I don't know how old he is, but he seems like uh, he's under forty or around yeah. forty or something. Mm -hmm. he, he, you know, when he he came uh, the designer for Balenciaga, there's a lot of uh, critique around it, and obviously the sort of the DHL collection with this logos. Mm -hmm. He's sort of always pushing it, but but my point is, it seems like there's kind of like a new breed. 
they're not raised in Paris. They're, no. They haven't done that traditional route. They haven't been ostracized and, and screamed at by, by this sort of old-fashioned system. In a no, way. no. Do you think that's correct? Yeah, absolutely. He's he's very on point with what's going on in the world. Mm. I think he's really on point of here and now, or, or maybe a bit in, in the front. Um, and that's why it's more like art, I think. Mm. Um, I think, because I think about the future of this sort of... Um, Editor- fashion editorial storytelling that as as we mentioned it, it's been this sort of fixed format for so many years <coughs> photographer the stylist uh, or like a fashion editor from the magazine and you have a set of models and that becomes a story and and there are many examples throughout the history of, of fashion magazines where you've sort of pushed that format and done different things and and so forth but I, I, I really feel like there's an opportunity now to take that because it you know it's still in our editorial world that we've, we've created, we still need this sort of visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. I, th- I really think it has a place because you can talk about ideas, you can uh, push sort of new type of technologies, and, and but there's like a visual um, originality that needs to exist there. And that's why I, I'm, I was so excited that you wanted to do this uh, again with us when we relaunched it as, as Mind, I think, because I think there's a... a uh, a future there. Mm-hmm. I'm rambling here a little bit, but I, guess, but I think this is fascinating because mm-hmm. I think we're trying to sort of find something new, a new way of doing it. This sort of series of, of 10 or 11 teams mm-hmm. interpreting one theme, that's sort of one way of doing mm-hmm. it. Um, where do you think we can go next? Do you have any I ideas? Ha- yes, I have ideas. I don't know if I should. We haven't talked about it. So no. <laughs> no, I actually ha- had ideas just right away after when we have done this I was actually thinking about a new idea mm. how we can uh, like next step um, you know, take this idea a bit further mm. working with other people mm. other creative people it doesn't have to be a fashion people uh, it could be people in other kind of like art scenes or yeah, I have an idea. Uh, well, we have but uh, you're you're sort of touching upon something that I think it is interesting in it that, that the sort of uh, this format, if you still if you call it fashion editorial, it, it, if you break away the need to sort of please the fashion industry, you can really use it as a platform for something collaborative, mm-hmm. because it's one of the few places that really I've always been fascinated as an editor just just giving a, a, a series of pages to a team and say, Let, do do what you want with this. Mm-hmm. I think I, th- that's still one of the f- most fun part of my, my job or what I do. I mean, I do a lot of different things yeah. to take care of the business, but this is just, this is just uh, uh, it's almost like uh, giving yourself a Christmas gift. Exactly. It's that like, was the same feeling I had when I reached out to these teams uh, f- for the f- first issue. It was exactly like that. It was like having... Christmas presents when they they came. Yeah. I was like, wow, it's so fun, and, and also not to be really, you know, uh, haven't. Uh, uh, I didn't really know what anyone would come up with. Mm. You know, I, I love the thrill of not knowing and get surprised. 
uh, and uh, I mean, s- s- some some uh, uh, were more um, interesting than others, but. Mm. Well, that's so, always the case. But I think yeah. uh, you know, we we can uh, we we will continue this conversation about this uh, mm-hmm. even after we stop recording. But I really think there's an opportunity to, to do uh, uh, really creative things and yeah. come up with new ideas. Yeah. Because if you give people, I mean, cr- creative needs some form of of like. Uh, framework or like yeah. boundaries so in a magazine it's obvious like well, okay you have this many pages or and you know the format is this so yeah, that's the boundaries. and on a print magazine it has to be someone have to in one way one or another way take a photo or yeah. draw uh, yeah. or whatever you know what I mean but I think if you um, move into more sort of digital and film mm-hmm. and so forth, you can you can expand on that, but still, but still give teams sort of mm-hmm. this is the format, this is what we expect back, and then do whatever you want with it. Um, and and I think it's it's almost like um uh, like a workshop or or something. You 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 really don't know what the finalized product is going to be. Yeah. But but uh, you're exploring mm-hmm. something like research in in visual mm-hmm. storytelling, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's going to be really interesting and fascinating to follow up, and see where where's the next step. I think oh, no. perhaps this is a good note to, to end on. We're we're coming up on one hour here. Ursula, uh, thank you so much for for speaking to me. Thank you. And, for uh, having me. Um, uh, I'm, I'm hopefully, I, I get the chance to get you in this chair again. Yeah, uh, this was the first time. I'm not used to this, so. But it was good fun. fun. It was mm, good. Thank fun. you. Thank you. Thank you.